0: Hello and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, August 10th, 2017. I'm Chris Salomone from Four Eyes Furniture. And with me, as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds.
1: How are you?
0: I am good. (laughs) And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. What's up? What's up? Coming in with the enthusiasm, as always.
2: I could barely contain it. Uh oh.
0: (laughs) So today's National S'mores
2: Day. Oh, I like s'mores. They're good. You know what? I actually did a a collaborative video on s'mores one time, where we used a giant syringe to inject fluff into a fortune cookie. So we made a hole. Was that part
1: of your cooking with power tools things you mentioned along? Like I think it was last week you mentioned it. Was that like the start of it?
2: No, this is separate. Is that I was (laughs) thinking about s'mores, and I was thinking about like what makes them awesome, and it's you know something crunchy like a graham cracker and then chocolate and marshmallow sort of swirl together. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about like uh, how basic fortune cookies were because for some reason I had a box of like a thousand fortune cookies. Um, and so I would take the fortunes out of cookies, uh, the little paper part, and then I would mix in uh, marshmallow fluff and melted chocolate and then inject it into the fortune cookies. So you had like a whole s'more that wouldn't get your fingers dirty.
1: I remember seeing that, yeah, that was a cool idea. You know, I'll Did say, you, that uh, oh, go ahead. S-
0: s'mores are good, but I think what makes them better is actually just like the ritual of making them, kind of like the, that's Here's like the, the foreplay question.
1: of it. Are you guys the type that just lets your marshmallow burn and get gross, or do you like slow no. roast it to a nice golden brown, like a Slow the way roasted, you should? baby.
2: Like, I like a slow roasted, rich like marshmallow. Okay, yeah.
1: there you go. Man, nothing, nothing gets me going like someone just sticking a marshmallow into just a fire letting it burn. and just getting a cajun style you know that's like a
0: five-year-old move (laughs) that's just like the pyro move
1: yeah exactly cool so what do you got going on this week ben
2: um i just published a (laughs) video uh so it'll be a few days up and i published the diy fold out crossfit gym The Ah. long-awaited. Yep, the long-awaited one. And based on the early returns, looks like it's going to do pretty good.
0: Nice. Uh,
2: Really fun project. Um, I brought in two different sort of fitness experts to sort of consult on it, one with a CrossFit background and then one with like an Olympic lifting background. It was really interesting to hear them talk about. I mean, I was thinking it was just like a platform and a thing to hold weights, but to hear about the different movements they each were planning on doing or where they wanted cushioning or where they wanted energy to, to transfer, uh, was, was, was pretty intriguing. So that was fun. And then I also had some adventures in welding, finally got to the welding yeah. and, uh, I teased it on Instagram and it came out pretty awesome. Like it was like one of those things, yes. the minute I got started, I was like, yeah, I should have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: I'm not gonna, I'm not burying you up, but, that was sweet. It was Those easy legs are too. crazy. It oh, I really imagine, easy. yeah, yeah. It was
2: just flat bar stock, two inch bar, quarter inch thick from Home Depot, and just a mix of, I had a random assortment of three eighth rod, five sixteenth rod, and yeah. quarter inch rod, and oh, I, I didn't, didn't realize
1: they were all different sizes.
2: And I just sort of, I I, I made a jig, but didn't really super measure uh, anything, and I just used bolt cutters to cut it. So I oh, just wow. sort of like I didn't plan it out. I just knew that they had to be level, so I just made a jig so I made sure that all the four metal legs would would be somewhat level. Um, So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to my Instagram and you'll see a really awesome coffee table that also could be a bench. Um, And uh, yeah, I welded some pretty cool hairpin legs for it.
1: And you put that slab that you'd put the metal in on it?
2: Yes, so I think I'm gonna actually separate that into two videos Uh because I can't get one thumbnail that captures both yeah, the awesomeness of the molten metal and the awesomeness of the legs. Right. So mm-hmm. and they're too- like very
1: independent processes as right. well. Right.
2: And they both could be both. There's a lot pro- of meat there. Yeah. Both yeah. processes could be applied to different types of projects. They're not intertwined. So yeah. Lot going on, staying busy, and uh, yeah, uh, got a. T- I have like five projects finished that I need to edit and pump out.
1: Nice. nice. Chris, what's happening in your world?
0: I uh, on Saturday I put up that plywood table, plywood dining table yes. video finally. So if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. Um, seems to be going good so far. Uh, I guess I'll answer it here because the number one of the number one questions that I've been getting is about, did I finish it? Because in the finished picture, That's it had true. not been finished yet. So I did finish it. I talked about it already before on the podcast, but if you are new, remember I paid to have it professionally finished and the type of finish, it was called a conversion varnish because I didn't even know what it was. So I had my mom <laughs> tell me because she's the one who was actually talking to the people who finished it. Conversion so, varnish. So
1: all the shots were unfinished in the video?
0: Yeah, the thumbnail shots. And all, in fact, I need to still put some on Instagram. So anything that I'm gonna put on Instagram and um, the thumbnail, those are after it was finished, but all like the ending shots on the video, that was before it was finished.
1: Was there much of a change in color? Uh, a tiny bit,
0: like it's yeah. a little more white looking before and then it's a little, there's a little slight like amber hue to it after. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, if anything, it's more in the sheen. It actually it looks better once it's finished. It just has a more, for lack of a better word, finished look to it. But, yeah, people seem to like it. Um, Got any plywood hate or no? No. People, oh, I, I think, awesome. yeah, I think, it is, I mean, yeah. I expected to get a little bit of it. I mean, the only real questions that people have had about the plywood is just like, you know, how do you think the stability of it compares to if it were hardwood or things like that? But nothing like, oh, you should have used hardwood. Like, people seem to dig it.
2: Young cool. people come up to me and sometimes will say, when I use plywood, they'll be, oh, you're using skateboard wood. Yeah. Um, so, it's <laughs> like, if you think about some, you know, some of those damn millennials out there, like Mike, um, <laughs> they, they they may, you know, if they grew up around, like, a lot of IKEA furniture and mass-produced stuff, they might be only most familiar with the authenticity of something like plywood as being uh-huh. the thing that they actually you know, interacted with the most as like a, as a wood type material. Um, Yeah, I think that
0: plywood even has, I don't even know if it does or not, but I think it might have negative connotations in some circles. And that's why you'll see other words used like veneered Mm. things like that when it's, it's plywood. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that might be the case. So other than that, uh, this past weekend, so I I started working with the leather that Ben sent us from Tandy leather. I made a stool got it mostly finished. It's all put together. All I have to do is the actual finish on it. So it was cool. Evan and Caitlin actually were down here visiting. I saw that. Yeah, so they came. Instagram stories. They came by for two days and helped. We all worked on it together, which was cool since they had never done any leather work either, but I hadn't, and I hadn't either. But it was cool to kind of not go it alone, be able to kind of, you know, talk talk your thinking through with somebody else and get some feedback from them. And it all worked. I mean, I haven't, Put it through the ringer yet but it seems to be strong it's on there it was actually easier to work with than i thought it was going to be i ended it up is. doubling it up and using the stuff somebody recommended called um what's it called nylon webbing and so basically they were hmm. saying the leather will stretch but if you just put a few pieces of yep. this between it it'll keep it from being able to yeah, stretch
2: it's like reinforced concrete so like you yeah. just add in the material that's strong as it has a high tensile strength
0: yeah, so I pretty much used that and contact cement to get the pieces together. Then I contact cemented it to the wooden frame and also used some upholstery nails on it that you can't really see them. Like maybe you can see one if you're at a kind of low angle uh, and like slightly off to the side. But yeah, it came out. I'm, I'm happy with the way it looks. It definitely has a different look than the typical thing I do just because I actually rounded over all of the edges so it doesn't have that like crisp, sharp look for a very like sort everything Danish else. Danish
2: modern look. Yeah. it did
1: like very uh, like an authentic like piece. Like, yeah, it's funny. It almost
0: piece. yeah, it makes it look more kind of complete. Like in a way, I'm not saying I don't want to say better because it just depends on what you like. But it just looks more like something that you would see in a store. I feel like than than the t- and maybe that has to do with like, the mixing mix the materials. materials. I think yeah. it's a combination of mixing the materials and also doing that. um mm-hmm. But yeah, it was really fun to work with Evan and Caitlin. And I got to say. If you guys haven't checked out Evan and Caitlin, definitely go check out their channel. They have a really awesome video right now that they did for the concrete uh, competition. That um, yeah, the geometric concrete like self-watering plant thing. Yeah, um, I like that. but it's funny. Like if you see their personality on video, like they're exactly like that in real life. And you know, I don't think they were like putting up a front or anything because it was a good like twenty hours that we spent together. <laughs> and they're like totally goofy and just like I don't know. They're just fun. Like. They're just always smiling and like always having a good time, very positive. I don't even think they have a disingenuous bone in their body. So like super cool people. Had an Who awesome time. Who couldn't smile
1: when they're hanging out with you, man?
0: Who couldn't? I was tickling them the whole time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Evans a giant too. I didn't. Re- I mean, I knew he was big, but I didn't realize he's that
1: big. He's like six foot six. Uh oh, makes you look short. I know. I felt like a little kid. That's funny. <laughs> it is. It seems like it's a week of. Uh, videos coming out of things we've been talking about for the past couple weeks because the making good on promises yeah the reclaimed uh dining table is out i put that out on wednesday and i like i said i think i've mentioned it before because i think i had it finished last time we recorded the podcast i just hadn't gotten the opportunity to put it out yet so I'm not gonna to talk too much about it, but yeah, I'm really happy with the way that Rubio monocoat worked, man. I'm gonna be using that in the future. It's pretty again. easy. It's easy to get so that quick. kind
2: of nice whitewashed yeah. look without it being, yeah, without For, feeling like you're over, I mean, especially with oak, it can be really hard. Like some places mm-hmm. it looks totally painted and other places it looks totally transparent. Yeah, Tell that me stuff. about it
0: one more time. So is it, it's really just you wipe it on? Yes. Then wait like 20 minutes or something, wipe off type in thing? In
1: application, it's almost exactly like Danish oil. Uh-huh. Um, so you can get the Rubio monocoat stuff. I don't know why I keep saying Rubio. Mon- I'm just calling it monocoat from here on out, but you monocoat. can get it MC. where it's got a wood stain built into it or like a whitewash like Ben's talking about, mm-hmm. or you can even get just natural finish. That's what you used. And that's what I used. Uh-huh. So it soaks kind of the same way Danish oil is supposed to kind of soak into the wood and then harden a bit, but really be more. I don't know. I guess the the monocoat is supposed to be more heavy-duty, essentially. The way, the
2: way I would describe it is it more sinks and soaks into the wood and then, and then hardens. hardens. Yeah, so like there's a, a little bit more grain oil. relief rather than like a clear plasticized sheen over the top. That okay. is correct. Yeah. So it
0: sounds very similar then to the the BioShield stuff that I use because that's pretty much how it works. Now, Less does, gummy. Does the monocoat refer to you only need to use this one product yes. or you only do one coat? One coat. Both. So one coat, one product. Yep, mono monoco.
2: It is
1: the one-stop shop. Did, the wait, double.
2: did you? But did yours come in like a two-part thing that you mix together? Mm, yeah, and it, you, you do, do it three in like parts. one of those like ketchup container kind of things.
1: <laughs> no, I I cut a water bottle it was like in bottles half. Bottles cut, yeah. I cut a water bottle in half, and then, you know, I went to put. I filled up three parts of the the oil base, and mm. then I got one part of the accelerator, and I realized I didn't have any room to put it into my cup, so I had to go get. Uh, I just went and got a. uh like a gallon jug of milk and cut that up and like pour them all in there. Nice. I gotta yep. give.
0: I'm gonna give that stuff a try. It sounds interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah, it is, l- yeah. Low key, like great tip is just having lots of like empty clean containers for mixing together things in the shop. Right. Like <laughs> the thing I'm always mix missing, but like whenever I have them, it's like, oh wait, I actually have like a dedicated or even just having like uh, paint stir sticks. sticks.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yes. Or One you know, it's time- even better.
2: I ordered like ten thousand sets of disposable chopsticks. Oh, that's um, and smart. And it's like the handiest thing to have around the shop.
1: Yeah, because one day I had, I was, I don't know even remember now what I was cutting, but I was ripping something on the table saw, and I was getting these like popsicle stick thick like off cuts with um, every board. And I was looking at them like, these are going to be perfect for like <laughs> stirring epoxy or any kind of like mixing wood glue and sawdust together. So I basically went to the bandsaw and cut them into About a thousand popsicle length pieces and that's what I use anytime. I'm mixing something It's nice because I'm never looking for like what am I gonna stir this with so
0: there you go Popsicle sticks exactly Cool, should we uh, jump into our topic?
1: Let's hop on in
0: All right So we actually had a suggested topic this week that came in from Matthew Becker and here's what he wrote He said I hear you guys often use the term mid-century modern, but do you ever feel like the term is used too loosely? I totally understand what makes something look mid-century modern, but I interpret modern design as an ideology rather than a visual language. For me, it's the idea of making something with integrity and without unnecessary embellishments. I'm curious how each of you who use the word to describe your work would define the
2: term.
1: I don't know, because I feel like there is a lot of unnecessary... I don't know if the embellishment is the right word with mid-century, but if you look at a lot of mid-century pieces, kind of the like Jetson-style mid-century, you've got a ton of way unnecessary tabletop shapes a lot of you know what i'm talking about like yeah. the kind of whole swoopy look a i think that's that called
0: i think it's called googie design
1: right is that is that under the umbrella of mid-century
0: yeah it's it's like kind of like the like you know 1950s space yeah. race kind of exactly thing. so
1: i don't i don't know but i definitely can agree to the idea that i think it is definitely used a little loosely and i'm probably attributing to that a bit just because it's a Great search term for YouTube videos, but uh-huh. but yeah, I definitely agree. What do you guys think?
2: The he's he's mostly right, um, yeah. with the sort of intent behind modernism. But that's that's like saying the you know the meaning behind these things. You know, what was this thing? But it doesn't mean that's what those things have necessarily become, right? So if you take the people like to sort of say that modernism wasn't about adornment or decoration. There were some people in modernism that, you know, wrote about sort of design theory that certainly had that point of view that would consider themselves pure functionalists. But I think in retrospect, that's not at all true, because what I think what they were really doing was saying, now that we have uh, mass production or industrial processes, what is we don't need to do sort of aesthetics by sort of hand carved you know, Corinthian column of, details, right? It's
1: like a shift of focus on what's important. But mm-hmm. what they
2: ended up doing was then developing new types of sort of details and adornment that reflected that sort of manufacturing capability. I think cars are a place where you really see this, right? So if you look at like cars like Honda Civics and stuff from like the like 96 and 97, or actually if you go like late, uh, early 90s, like 90 to 93. Uh-huh. They'll be kind of streamlined. There'll be some curves, but they'll also be sort of flat planes with sort of curves in the planes. Right. Then towards like 96 to 99, they got really bubbly and like yeah. it's curves <laughs> in multiple directions at the same time. And that was because the, the the way they were, you know, stamping out that sheet metal and all that stuff to make the, the bodies and stuff was getting more sophisticated. they were using more sort of 3D modeling to, to derive those sort of forms. Then, as you get into, like, the early 2000s, it went back to sort of, like, curved but occasionally faceted in parts. Yeah, it's, like, very creased. Right, so then they could get that, right? And, and all of those things aren't – I mean, there's certainly not all functional things about aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. But they're all sort of saying, hey, the way we're going to differentiate ourselves as new is by using the newest manufacturing technology to produce a look mm-hmm. that would have been rare or difficult five to ten years previous so i don't think i don't think modernism was about the rejection of adornment or decoration i think it was more about saying now that we have these new techniques what does that mean because it's obviously if if the pride in craftsmanship was in hand carving these victorian details and then now we have a machine that can stamp them out that obviously doesn't mean the same thing even if they look exactly the same Mm-hmm. so the question i think was more about and you see it in like the toaster ovens and that sort of like futurist kind of like streamliner or the 57 chevys and stuff it wasn't say the, the 57 chevys have a ton of decoration mm-hmm. uh and those are definitely like you know a mid-century modern car uh but it was more about saying what can we do with this new technology and where will that take us in this sort of pursuit of design
0: yeah you know i think that actually car design is one of the best places to look for design thing uh, in terms of like, okay, they basically have to manufacture, or I want to say the word need, because people really don't need new cars that often, but they need to manufacture that, I guess, desire or want. So they're having to kind of, reinvent things every five years. That's why, you know, if you look at car designs, it's pretty much on a five year cycle of every five years, it's the all new accord or the all new whatever. And then, the, you know, there's usually a mid cycle update, like two or three years in there somewhere.
1: You need something to compare it to and be like, oh, mine doesn't look new now. Exactly, yeah. They need
0: to manufacture,
1: I need something new.
0: So that that's interesting that you used cars as an analogy, but yeah, I think it's, and a lot of it is very reactionary. Like it's almost a sped up process of like, Going very bubbly and then going to that creased look more in the early 2000s. And I mean, I don't know, now we're maybe even back to more bubbly again, um, just because it's just all reacting to everything else. But um, to go back to furniture, I think one of the things is that we all probably use, even if we all have, even if we all had a different idea of what mid century modern means to us we all kind of come together in using it in the same way. And I think that's because we probably all use it the way that we think the most people use it. Because we're using it to try to get people to watch things on YouTube. And so we're saying, well, what do people think mid-century modern is? And so that's even if we like had it in our craw that, no, that's not what mid-century modern is, we're only shooting ourselves in the foot by not using it in the way
1: that most people think of it. Does that right, make sense? and I think it's interesting, Ben. Have you ever titled anything mid-century?
2: No, I did, Yeah, I, I, I just I, I kind of came have, to that realization for one media console. I can't remember. I might have put it as like a subheading. Yeah. Um, but but the other thing is like, I mean, my background in architecture. The way I would sort of deal with that is people would say, "Oh, I like modern things. I don't want decoration," but then they would pay three times extra to have perfect drywall to flooring matching which is strictly for aesthetic value. There's no functional value of doing that because they didn't want baseboards, but they wanted the drywall to meet the floors perfectly. So that's not functional. That is decorative through it the absence of visual decoration. So minimalism can be decorative in the sense that it's not always functional. It's you're spending extra time and money to make it more simple. <laughs> uh, so that, that sort of, uh, you know, it's interesting how parts of modernism have become fetishized to the point where they are decorative and excessive in their pursuit of, of minimalism um, to the point where they're only for, you know, really big budgets and take way more time and are not that practical. Yeah. You
0: know, it's funny. So, Mike, when you asked Ben that question, it made me think, have I put anything as mid-century modern? So I just went back and looked right now or I'm looking still. I don't think I have i think i use modern quite a bit yeah i know now i'm wondering should i be putting mid-century modern
1: 100 percent. all right
0: retitling all of these
1: yours more rightly fits that topic or that like keyword than mine does i think
0: you know it's funny and i can even remember on something like okay so the bad larry the trapezoidal one it's called designing and building a modern credenza and i can remember people saying modern like that looks like it belongs in my grandparents house from the 1960s
1: wow yeah and i remember
0: thinking well yeah i mean because modern, and we've talked about this before. Modern has like the strict definition, and then the aesthetic definition. Yeah. And so I use modern as meaning like you know basically a shortened version of mid-century modern. Right. Is how I'm using it. But yeah, I mean,
1: I give might it be a shot, man. See how it works the for you. Here.
2: But more <laughs> importantly, it just shows you how crappy postmodern shit is. Because <laughs> like downhill. no, no one searches for that postmodern coffee table no one's searching for <laughs> diy postmodern furniture
1: i don't even don't even know what that would look like to be honest with you
2: it'd be like michael gray's very geometric bright colors oh like okay. early 80s kind of like the cone table that uh, my sister jesse did would be like post okay ish
0: <laughs> putting her on blast really? on ben yeah
1: i feel like that <laughs> takes away from the whole idea of like modernism if that's what you're talking about in in the idea of you know, strictly function is like, let's throw in this weird whimsical element for the sake of it, almost.
2: Yeah, I well, it's also, it's just realizing that uh, the the repertoire of raw uh, of resources is expanded, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing happens in music, where it used to be uh, groups or bands would only make things from the instruments in their hands. And then right. suddenly... It gets to sort of what would be a kind of like the equivalent of a postmodern era, where they're sampling from other found objects or found pre-recorded, you know, sampling kind of things of other music, um, and that's a very postmodern idea of sort of taking ready-mades and assembling, adding some new raw ingredients with the ready-mades to try to create something that hasn't been seen before. That's really
1: but, interesting. I've got a I've got something that fits that description perfectly. It is a Dining table with very ornate Victorian legs, but they're made out of glass with a glass tabletop as well. Yeah, right. I hate it, but, <laughs> you know, I've never seen it before. So there right. you go.
2: And, and, and that's the thing, right? Like if we we all have specific taste as sort of consumers, what we would want in our own home. But I think as sort of creator you know, and there's things I'll be like, I don't really like the way that came out or that came out or the way that looks. But I am try to almost always be appreciative of the pursuit, right, of the right. adventure part of design. There's a lot of my projects where I don't know where it's going to take me, where I, I'm going to try mixing, you know, LED grow lights and Victorian furniture. The It's worthwhile not just to be a slave to your own taste, but to sometimes explore beyond that.
0: Here's a... A, a branch off on this topic so I guess the question would be wh- I think it's pretty undeniable that we're in sort of a mid-century modern boom time right now or resurgence of the yeah. style where do you think we are in it like have we hit critical, critical mass. mass yeah
2: I think it peaked when like Mad Men the TV show was like in its heyday See, I think right. that something.
0: kind of started it. I think I, that was I like feel the, like that res- was what that was the reason.
1: Yeah, well, that was what brought with it to Main mainstream.
2: <laughs> it peaked yeah, with that's like <laughs> season four. And then like no <laughs> one cared near the last season of that show.
0: Yeah, that's true. Hey, I still liked it. You no, know, it's
2: it's, it's it's stylistically it's a beautiful show. So I had, clearly we should start doing some Game of Thrones looking shit. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: would be a big we're video. too late. It's already like eight seasons in. There's two more. But what I I had a I had something I told to Chris earlier when we were talking about the topic. Uh I said as soon as you see it in Hobby Lobby you know you need to start figuring out what's coming next. You guys have Hobby Lobby? Lobby? Yeah. Yeah, that means it's peaked. That means it's it's there and something needs to take its place or something is like primed to take its place.
0: The equivalent for me or the example that I could use is if I just think back to when we bought our house and we were looking at furniture to buy like about eight years ago or so. Um, So one of the big furniture stores in Southern California is called Living Spaces. Yeah. Everything that you could find there was just like all contemporary, a little bit more feminine, just not the stuff that we were into.
1: Maybe a little postmodern. Maybe. No, I'm kidding. No. Uh,
0: and if you were to go in there today, it would. A lot of the stuff is very mid-century modern inspired, so you can see that it's definitely hit, you know, mainstream.
1: So from a couple l- of people that are in the thick of it, what what is next? Who knows. What do you um, see kind of like starting to trend? It,
2: it, it's a pluralistic, you know, uh, culture now. So right. So it'll be multiple things at different levels. The mm-hmm. One of the images that really struck with me is, uh, Chris, have you ever been to the 14th Factory? It's like kind of like a museum gallery in, no. in L.A. Right. Uh, if you sort of search 14th Factory on Instagram, you'll see it, it reminds me of the old Hudson Hotel lobby in New York. Where the floor looks like it's something out of the the movie Tron,
1: okay. you know, it's like
2: all like <laughs> like clear translucent Circuit panels Morty. with like uh with lights underneath them, so it's like this like super futuristic Matrix Tron looking room, but with like Victorian furniture in it. What's it called? Fourteenth 14th Fourteenth 14th Factory, I think it is. Um, hmm. Okay, I see it. I might be have the wrong number. Yeah, I got it. Um, so I think. Things like that have been catching my eye recently, and seeing that was a direct influence on doing the sort of grow light uh, writing desk with the, with the plants growing into it. Because I liked, I've always liked Victorian stuff sculpturally. I just don't like it in a whole immersive environment. I don't want to be in a whole Victorian, old, right. dingy house where I'm surrounded by detail. Yeah. But if it's just one piece in a gallery, I find it like I find a detail like really sculptural and incredible. Then, yeah. So I, maybe I think that's it, like, like that.
0: the juxtaposition of kind of like modern and and Victorian that type of look.
2: Yeah, and I, I think you see that in music and in fashion. Like it's wouldn't be uncommon to have a DJ sort of uh, you know mix in blues music, a violin, and a bunch of electronic stuff.
0: I mean, like, yeah, you hear that all the time now. That kind of like old sampled with. New, like the type of, like, you know, the Casey Neistat type music, basically. Right. And
2: and by no means is that going to be the formula for producing the best stuff, but it doesn't mean it's not worthwhile to pursue and experiment and explore. Mm -hmm. Um, Because otherwise, we're just becoming, you know, we can become redundant really quick. I mean, I think, you know, regardless of where we think sort of mid century modern is, is sort of a trend, I think it's safe to say we are well past peak rustic. Oh yeah! Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I right.
1: know that was something y'all kind of hit on uh, on the last weekend show with Brad. I meant mm-hmm. to give you kudos on that. Yeah, that I think was a really good episode. That was a
2: good show. Yeah, Brad's Brad's he's Brad's a, a smart guy. He's <laughs> the guy, man. Um, no, he's he's uh, he's fun to talk to, and yeah. hopefully, we'll have an announcement soon where you can come hang out with all three of us and Brad. Hey, hey. little teaser. I
1: want to go. Stay tuned until <laughs> next week. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> not until next week, just stay, just be tuned in next week. Just but, be uh, sitting there all week long. But
2: I know. <laughs> w- w- what about you guys? What are, what are things that you haven't experimented w- with that, you know, that you sort of said, Hey, I kind of like that aesthetic even though it's not what I normally do.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, I mean, obviously for me, it's materials. I like, right. you know, I branched out to leather finally, and I'm banking on it that when I start experimenting with other materials, that it won't be to shoehorn those materials into the way I think now, but to let those things kind of dictate new ideas. I mean, I think that's the way it naturally happens when you do start working with new materials. And you can't predict what those things are gonna be, but I'm kind of banking on that being the reality of when I do branch out. Does that make sense? I don't know.
1: Sorry, you cut out. I was hoping Ben heard you.
0: I did? Can you hear him? No, I I I I just didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I heard you. I just disagree.
1: Yeah,
2: exactly. No, I I think it's about like, I think a lot of designers and makers worry about too much about positioning themselves. They Mm -hmm. worry about saying, okay, I have to analyze what's happening in the world. So I position what I'm doing so that people will like what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I think if you, uh, the world is big and diverse enough where if you genuinely pursue real interests, and you do it in a methodical and disciplined way and are open to criticism and open to feedback, there is room for whatever weird thing. Even if you wanted to, you know, reinvent crappy postmodern Michael Graves looking furniture, like I still think there would be an audience for it today. I, I really do think it's about sort of the experimenting and not the sort of dogmatic practicing of something that's already established and has all the rules.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think that's kind of natural is that you will – all of us, at least, with what we're doing, you will evolve. Like, I mean, I've already seen it just if I look at the past year that I've been on YouTube. Like, you know, I'm building things now that I would not have thought of a year ago for sure. And I have ideas for things that I just feel like I'm not quite there yet but that I want to do. And like I talked about before, I have that kind of – the stealth thing, or the um, cabrio leg that's, like, very chiseled looking – it's just an idea that I want to explore and I feel like that's something that can be one of those like, I don't even know what to call it, like not a pivot piece, but almost just like a something that exam- exemplifies an evolution like, okay, this is definitely breaking out of what you've been doing. And, you know, now that's not going to be you're just strictly going down this path, but it'll kind of create some things that'll then be incorporated. And, you know, you do that five times over. And now you're evolving, and now your your style's starting to change.
2: Right, I think the plywood table is that for a, l- a little bit for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and if it's not it even in, of- in
1: yeah, if not even in material choice, the assembly process you did with that is pretty unlike most things you do.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, just like changing the way you're approaching something, and so yeah. I mean, I think over the course of I, I don't think you're going to see these seismic shifts from me at least, and probably not from any of us, really, it's going to be more just like, oh, this was a slight departure, and then here's another slight departure, another slight departure, and then after 10 slight departures, you could be somewhere vastly different.
2: Like Chris, what do you think you would make if you had to make a project just using MDF?
0: Make myself cough, I'm allergic. <laughs> no. um, um,
2: like I think that would be like an interesting, I mean, obviously, I, I'm not challenge. into sort of like overly sort of <laughs> contriving things. But it would be an interesting challenge for you because clearly you have like a good eye for form and proportions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's normally in the expression of of wood, and if you and if you look at the uh, even the, the the sort of dimensions that you pick for the different pieces, they're sort of out of an understanding, often pushing the limits of the sort of strength and and uh, yeah. uh, sort of abilities of, of the pieces at at different dimensions.
0: Yeah, I mean but, the. The first thing that popped into my head, honestly, when you said that is because the first thing that pops into my head for MDF is I think of heavy and I think of sagging. So I think of yeah. a right. design that, that fights that off. So the first thing that pops into my head are just like a lot of panels that are cut to different like shapes to support. So there's a lot of support for the piece, like that- you know, no unsupported spans. That's the first thing that pops in my head. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but.
2: I have a feeling That's- you could do something like pretty awesome all out of like MDF, all painted gray, where it was just because I think it would emphasize your ability to create really nice silhouettes mm-hmm. that are that are well proportioned for a furniture piece. And it would almost emphasize it more because it would remove all the sort of wood grain and sort of like polish and shine.
0: That's what I'm doing this weekend then, baby. Boom. Gray MDF.
2: But MDF is super heavy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Giving that mess. up to the table is a of pain. Like yeah. A full sheet. Yeah, And this isn't it like always like bigger than like four by eight. It's always like the extra, it's got oh, an extra inch or two. I
0: could see that because it does have like the edges that kind of crush. Laminate
2: always has that too. Like yeah, a lot of like the, the melamine.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, they just like make it. So you still get like a usable area that's the size that it was supposed to be or whatever. Nice. Any other thoughts on this topic?
2: No, but it's an interesting one. It was we, a good
0: one. We, yeah, we... I, like, I like getting those topic suggestions for something that we can sink our teeth in to a little bit more than the typical question. That can question. kind of be a
1: full a full show, yeah.
0: Yeah, or at least most of them, half of a full show. Half of a full show, yeah. But right. we do. It's now,
1: hypothetical time.
0: Well, we got one other thing because remember oh, last we week how we did the how ridiculous of a question can Ben answer seriously? Oh, um, we got one of did those. we get some suggestions? We had one submitted. Well, I'm like, I'm like let's three drinks
2: it. in, so let's see. Then it'll be even, be even better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay,
0: so Andres asked what is important to consider when purchasing underwear for woodworking
2: <laughs> uh tightness of like the waistband right you don't like want you, sawdust getting you in don't there. right you don't want boxers because it's no. like when it's the more bunchy kind of scrunchy waistband sawdust can do that and you know Mess with your or You, 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 you want to well. keep the dust out of there, especially when mixed with the, uh, you know, with a little bit of, you know, human moisture. You can get kind of a, a swampy MDF thing happening, which wouldn't be, <laughs> which wouldn't be good for anybody. Um, yeah. So I would say the key thing would be obviously breathability, but tightness around the waistband.
0: Nice, Mike. You got any thoughts on this for underwear
1: purchasing? No, that was so solid.
2: He wow. said it right. Ben yeah.
1: set it off. The man, the man the myth the legend. <laughs> oh, that's right. So keep those ridiculous <laughs> New questions reoccurring segment. Serious
0: yeah. answers
2: to ridiculous questions. Yeah. Yep. That was a
0: good one that was sent in by Andres. So thank you Shout Andres. Out. All right, let's see. Um hypothetical. We actually have a voicemail hypothetical that I can play. Let's oh, hear let's it. Let's do it. Okay.
2: Roll the clip. Hey Ben, Chris, Mike, Freddie here with hopefully your first ever voice memo hypothetical. If you had to be stranded on a deserted island and survive for 30 days and you only could choose one of your co-hosts to join you, which would you pick and why? I can tell you that I would choose Mike because he has an endless supply of broken mirrors he could bring with so we could start fires and catch the eye of aircraft overhead. (laughs) Thanks again guys. Enjoy the show and uh, big fans. That's, That's pretty funny. funny. <laughs> so I would pick Mike because of two things, right? Okay. Chris has a family, so he'd be always worried about getting back to his you know, his family and stuff like that. Oh, also no, I don't like Mike's, where this is going. Mike's younger, so more energy, knees aren't gonna give out, right? Like I'm an like old that. man. Also, yeah. Chris wears glasses. Ooh. So if the glasses break on the deserted island, you're kind of out of I'm luck. Screwed. Right. And so that's why I, I, for very like just pragmatic reasons, I would pick Mike.
0: See, I think that, that you should pick me for all those reasons, Ben, because then I'm going to die sooner and you could eat me.
1: Why if was I that D, the I exact just... same thing I was thinking about? I'm, I said I would pick Chris because if I had to kill someone to eat him, I don't want Ben like Kick karate Copsing chopping you? me and jujitsuing <laughs> me around. Uh, if there's someone I can sneak up on and and eat it's chris nice. i like oh, i like lord. how we're
2: very comfortable taking us to like a lord of the flies place right away 30 yes. days is a yes. long time man who am i gonna 30 choose days is a long time. i'll
0: choose i think i'll take ben because if we're really bored as we've seen with the what can't he talk about <laughs> he could riff on any subjects he could do i could just like ben come on give me 10 hours on coconuts let's hear it so yeah. he can keep me entertained with that also mike since you're younger i'll uh Ben's already lived a fuller life, so
1: I, I would let you stay at home
0: to, to wow, continue thanks. living that life.
1: You know, and I think it's interesting. I don't think really. Well, ben, ben, you did kind of. I think me and Chris diverted so quickly to, all right, we're going to have to eat someone to survive. <laughs> Neither of us were like, okay, how do we be successful on an island? It was just like, how do, who do we eat so <laughs> we do can we stay first? alive for 30 days? Yep.
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. It's only 30 days. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking us. <laughs> you just need water. I mean, that's naked and afraid, basically. Yeah, Ben could do 30 days on coconut standing on his head. Yeah, easily. Yeah. No problem.
1: That's funny. Cool.
0: Good question. What like are you guys it. obsessed with?
2: So I think this is a repeat thing, but it's also because they're one of our first ever sponsors. Yes. Um, so uh, we've been holding off on sponsorships until we found one that's right. But our until first we found sponsor one, and is also a current <laughs> obsession. And because we're such authentic people, we're only picking sponsors that are worthy of being our obsessions. And I, I'm yes. saying that uh, actually, yeah, I actually mean that. It was um, funny, but it was also honest. Funny yeah. but true. So it's it's the, for me, it's the Ryobi uh, speakers. So they have this cool system. It's like comparable to like a Sonos type system, but much more rugged. And you can take the same batteries that work in your power tools and plug them right into the, the speakers. So I think they'll last for like a couple days uh, on like one sort of battery charge. Oh, wow. um, so they're my go-to thing now. So I have sort of two places where I work outside or entertain outside. So I have my roof deck and it was funny when I was talking to my contractor, we we sort of looked at some sound systems, but they're all expensive and they're all be date, you know, outdated pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So now I just take, I just grab these three speakers, they connect instantly to the Bluetooth on your phone. I've had other sort of Bluetooth speakers where you're kind of like fumbling around and it takes forever for it to like recognize it and stuff like that. Yeah. They work really fast and you instantly have like portable, uh, reasonably weatherproof sound system that is like lightweight and can go anywhere and it works with the same tools or the same batteries as your power tools. So it's exactly. the Ryobi you can speakers. You plug it into
1: the wall or run it on 18 volt.
2: Really cool. And. Our ask for you of the week, we're going to say, okay, you know, yes, we'd like the five-star reviews, but for this week, our ask for you is to go to ryobitools.com slash modernmaker. Now, this is important because we are looking into source sponsors. We'd like to pick sponsors that are awesome so that we can actually show you cool stuff and do awesome giveaways and things like that. So, I want everyone to go to ryobitools.com slash modern maker. And that's, you know, figure out how to spell Ryobi Tools, but slash modern maker. Modern maker is going to be like our tagline for a lot of things. And we're going to work on trying to get you guys some awesome discounts and stuff like that. So help us out. Go to there. Check out the speakers. Uh, if you, oh, and even uh, maybe we'll do a post on, them on Instagram and tell us what you're currently listening to while you're working too. That'd be fun.
0: Nice. And I will say, I actually, so I got a pair too. I plugged them in, set them all up last night really easy. And I was outside watching uh, my kid ride his bike around, which if you're a dad, you know, that can be pretty boring from sometimes. I mean, it's nice yeah. to see him ride it the first time, but like the, I was about to say, yeah. the <laughs> 80th time, it, it's not as exciting. It made it bearable. Great! That's what were something. you listening to? Record of the week. Here it is. Oh boy, the, the record of the week. I was actually going through a back catalog, uh, back catalog of things. So I was listening to a band that I used to really like in the early 2000s called the Appleseed Cast.
1: Mm. You ever heard of that, Mike? It. Yeah. Guess what? My band opened for them once. Whoa! What? Small. Whoa! Way. What year was that? Uh, twenty two, What year is it now? 2017. So it was 2015 <laughs> or 16. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Mike, yeah. what about
2: you? Album of the week
1: album oh album of the week uh, i got I not know I got i'll get back to you let me look at my spotify album of the week
0: so okay ba- there we go yeah, a band i, a I really like one. arcade fire i don't know if you guys yeah. ever listen to arcade fire they came out with a new album and it's not bad but it's just i feel like it's definitely a step back from, okay from their normal stuff they go celebrate their back catalog people
2: <laughs> celebrate their entire catalog <laughs> yep yeah. I think the latest album that I've listened to completely is Fleetwood Mac Greatest Hits. I
0: thought you were gonna say the Fleet Foxes, like I've been talking about. <laughs> I was also I'm so excited.
1: That's funny. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're cool. I'm in a very I, I'm very nostalgic with with uh, with music. So it'll be like if I talk to like a, a f, like my dad or you know one of my uncles or aunts or something like that, then I'll think of like music mm-hmm. that I associate like riding in the car with them.
0: Yeah, music really takes you back to a time. Like when yep. you listen to an album that you used to listen to at that point in your life. It's
1: the like, one that you just listened to like 80 times in a row. Like, yeah, it's like you're a yeah. freshman
0: in high school all over again.
1: Exactly. All right, my my album is going to be uh, The Japanese House is the band. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They've got a few albums, but they're all EPs. Technically, I would assume they're all relatively short. If you're going to start with them, go to Swim Against the Tide. Nice. It's a great, uh, if you're looking for something really Somewhat down-tempo, just very chill. It's like a relatively ambient kind of electronic duo, I think. I think it's two people, but uh, they're they're dope. And let's make them more popular. Them What's now. it called? The Japanese... The Japanese house. House, okay. Yep. How about, you got any obsessions? Current obsession. Ooh, that's interesting. Oh, I wanted to talk about the speakers, though. I wanted to talk about why I like them. Go for it. Okay. The cool thing about them is my shop is like a galley i guess mm-hmm. is the only way i can say it like long I, I would skinny. say like a galley style of kitchen how it's just like a long just like corridor almost yeah they're so great because you can put one speaker at the end of your shop and one at the other end and they can kind of kind of point to the towards the center a little bit and no matter where you're at you can hear the music it's the best thing in the world you're never so, too far
0: away from sweet soothing exactly
1: as soon as you don't sound. hear it in your right ear anymore you hear it in your left ear and it's great So. <laughs> And they also work
2: for podcasts. They do, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: especially the Modern Maker podcast.
1: Yeah, just give that a shout, hey. (laughs) But no, Obsession of the Week is just one single video on YouTube. It may be the funniest video I've ever seen that would be like a a Tosh.0 or like America's Funniest Video type clip. You really like the
0: plywood dining table that much?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah the video is just called america's finest the channel i mean and i mean obviously it's kind of one of those channels that just has a bunch of videos that are just kind of memes but the, uh-huh. ch- the channel is called meme archives uh-huh. but watch watch the video america's finest and then just go down the rabbit hole of that channel nice. it's the funniest stuff i've ever seen in my life cool and then tweet me oh oh there we go modern builds twitter i have it now thanks to a fan oh, you i wish one. I wish I had your name off the top of my head, but this is totally sporadic. I now have the Modern Builds Twitter. Sick! That was a great round of applause, guys. They're on clapping. (laughs) But no, uh, he was nice enough to, I don't know, I think he just hacked into whoever owned that Twitter and he got me the account. So now I own it. I I doubt it was that. I think it was a little (laughs) more legitimate. I think somebody's dead somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to tweet at me, it's at Modern Builds. That's going to be set up and rolling, and that'll be my first tweet. My very first tweet will be this video. So go give it a – do you thumb up? Do you heart? Do you like? What do you do on Twitter? Uh, Retweet.
0: You you can retweet, yeah, and you can also just like stuff, I think.
1: All right. Well, whatever's appropriate, do that. Do it. And uh, we'll get this ball rolling. Cool.
0: My obsession for the week – actually, I really enjoyed the episode that you did on Saturday. And so I started listening to Made for Profit. Good so, stuff, huh? yeah, it's awesome. Like I feel like it's made it's made for a very niche audience, but like if you like this podcast, I, a lot of what we talk about, it gets really into the nuts and bolts a lot deeper than we do. So I think it's like perfect for you. I'm really enjoying it so far,
2: and much more disciplined and yes. knowledgeable.
0: Yeah, yeah, more more uh, <laughs> actual like takeaways than what yeah. we'll give you. But yeah, it's. I mean, I'm. I just barely started listening to it today, but. I'm going to fly through those like nine or 10 episodes. It's
2: it's almost like a textbook for sort of contemporary media and making.
1: Yeah. They could package that up and sell it. Oh, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to. Yeah, (laughs) I would imagine. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Make sure and go visit railbytools.com slash modern maker. It's going to help us get the ball rolling with uh, making some cash out of this. Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't do stuff for free. We're losing money on the deal right now. I'm just kidding. I mean, technically, I think you're right.
2: But <laughs> we're talking about if podcasting can, as a whole. Yeah. If yeah. we get more than a hundred people to go to the site, uh, then we'll that's give a away a set of speakers.
0: Yes. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. There we go. And uh,
0: can I win another pair? I want to get four.
1: don't just joking. Right. I mean, you can link five of yeah, them. Yeah, you can link five. So. Yeah. I mean, technically, it's a round Can never have range. too many. Five point one, baby. Boom. Awesome. Alright guys, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week on the Modern Maker Podcast. See you soon. Bye everybody.
0: Again. Bye. Bye. <laughs> There's the patented Ben Bye. Gotta have it.